Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Grapple Daily Show. Uh, really grateful and uh, really appreciate everyone that tunes into the show and gives positive feedback on uh, basically what we're doing on IG Live and also here on the podcast as well. You can catch this podcast on Google Play, SoundCloud, or um, Apple iTunes. Okay, um, If you can, please leave uh, a good review subscribe uh, and share with your friends uh we really do appreciate it also thank you for everyone that follows follows us on instagram um and also follow us on twitter um we don't want to be known as just an instagram page you know so uh, one time instagram shut down and everyone freaked out and went to twitter so we're trying to also build our twitter page we don't want to be one dimensional just on instagram so we build a page on twitter our podcast and soon we'll be on LinkedIn so that'll have like a more professional like aspect with articles and stuff like that so hope you guys enjoy that sort of deal today's episode we did an Instagram live hangout with Michael Mihas also known as Mr. Jiu-Jitsu or Mr. JJ okay he has a, a page called the Mr. Jiu-Jitsu page and um, this was really fun uh, I really wanted to talk to him for a really long time because the quotes that he posts, I mean, he really does tell the truth. He tells it like it is, and sometimes the truth hurts, but some people need to snap out of it sometimes and kind of recognize their own garbage, so to speak. Um, we talk a lot about self-defense, and we talk a lot about ego, how ego can be good and bad, and also parenting. Uh, I'm a father myself, and also the graphic designer, Kuya Glenn, he's also a father as well, and this really hit home for us. Um, we talk about how if you are a parent or you have a family, it is your duty and obligation and responsibility to your family with regards to combat. You should know how to fight because you never know one day something might happen where you have to know how to fight and defend your family. Whether you like it or not, there is evil out there in the world and it does exist. So with whatever discipline you're training in, whether it be wrestling, judo, jiu-jitsu, sambo, MMA, kickboxing, boxing, always have it in the back of your mind that one day, one day, who knows, hopefully not, even in weapons and firearms, hopefully not, that you'll have to use this and your life will depend on it or the life of your loved ones. It's just a straight fact. But, of course, as people that do train in disciplines as much as possible, we, we want to avoid confrontation. We want to avoid, you know, trouble. Like, the more you train, the more you realize that, man, I don't want to get into a fight because you understand the repercussions of, you know, having to engage in combat. So, we talk a lot about that as well. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. It was really fun. Everyone on Instagram <laughs> loved it because this guy can be hilarious and really fiery sometimes. Um, I try to keep this a family show with, with, with no swearing, but sometimes I can't control the guests if they get really fired up. So I apologize for that. Um, but I hope you guys enjoy. And uh, let's get on with the show. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Grapple Daily Show. Um, you have your volume up or anything? Or? Okay. Yeah, I hear you now. I hear you now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had to connect to my okay. car to the Bluetooth, and I think that's why. I'm oh, okay. I'm really bad with technology. I'm going to give you a heads up. As you can oh, it's all... I'm really bad. I'm, I'm like a dinosaur. I'm surprised <laughs> I can do this right now. So. No, it's all good. I had like one guy I talked to, and it literally took us two hours to get everything set up. It was just we, it was we might off. break that record. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we can do this. You're in your car right now. You just finished training, or you're doing errands, or I'm, you actually, I'm going from one of my job sites. I work construction, going to another job site. So oh, okay, okay. I hope I'm not getting in the way of anything. No, you're so. not. You're fine, my man. You're fine. Oh, okay, awesome. Glad we can hang out. I really appreciate this. Um, just for the record, um, what I do is like I have a mic here, so I rip the audio out and I put it into a podcast as well. So, um, yeah, so hopefully we can everything goes well with that. Um, 
yeah, one thing I want to get you on because, like, one thing I noticed about your page, um, you talk a lot about parenting. Yes. Which, uh, which pretty much hits me, hits me like home because, like, I'm I'm a dad too, and stuff. And um, and when you when you mentioned like um, you know how parents they try to act tough and stuff, like they tell they, especially when they try to give their kids advice regards about bullying. When did you start like doing posts about that? Like. Uh, I started the page, uh, I think it's almost, well, I started originally on Facebook. It's, I, like I said, I travel a lot for work, so I started a page so I could find gyms when I travel out of town for work. And from there, I started posting stuff on there, and that's how the page caught on. And like even like Instagram, everything I do is on Facebook, and I just share it to Instagram. So I've never done anything like, like this is the first time I'm doing this actually on Instagram. I've never done anything like, like people are like, why don't you ever do anything live on Instagram? I go, I'm really not sure how to use it. So you're kind of teaching me right now. Okay, Usually cool. there's where I would post stuff like that. And I, and me being a dad, I have two sons, and I'm always around sports parents and parents in general. And I hear the stuff they say, like at games or, or so if someone ever touches my child or something like that. And I tell them, you know, like, I understand, as a parent, we care, we care for our children very deeply. We die for our children. But by saying that, would you know how to die correctly for your child is the thing. We always say, I would do anything for my child. But do you really know how to do anything for your child? always say that you know that uh that motherly instinct that father instinct kicks in but when the time arises the need arises and not just self-defense or violence if you have to pick up your child and you know take them out of a burning house do you have the cardio to do that do you have the strength to do that if your child starts drowning do you have the strength to dive in the water and pick them up you know so it's just not just martial arts and violence it's all around can you protect your child all around in life and that's the kind of stuff i focus on when i make my posts mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's like so true too. Like um a lot of people like what they say, like their 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 actions have to map out what, what they're saying. Like like I'll do anything for my kid. If anybody touches my kid, they're dead. Like, but bro, do you really know how to like <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, that that's why I like the stuff you post on, because it's like real. Uh, maybe a lot of it rubs some people the wrong way, but I think it's like like it's definitely true. Like when did you start martial arts anyway? I started doing uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's I'm getting close to almost, oh, almost 26 years now. I've been doing Brazilian. Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. I, I, I've been doing it a while. Okay. I've been doing it a while. I started fighting MMA in the 90s, in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I fought for about 10 years, and then around 1999, 2000, I transitioned strictly to Jiu-Jitsu. I had enough. My body had enough, and and I'm uh, 46 okay. years old this year. So uh, my MMA fighting days are long behind me. So. You don't look 46. Uh, you look really good for you. My, my, body, my body's like 90 years old, bro. It's fucked up. I'm sorry. My body's messed up. My body's pretty, mm-hmm. my body's pretty beat up. And, uh, but I still love to train. I love training with the young guys. I still love uh, mixing up with young guys. But uh, as far as my fighting days, those are long gone behind me. So mm-hmm. so out of all the disciplines you trained in, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was the one that really stuck out to you that you feel like you can do it for as long as you can. I, I feel I feel like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you can do it because you can take it at your pace. Even if the other guy is going hard, you can still go at your pace. Like I go with some young guys that are just beasts. And I know I cannot hang with them with my injuries, with my stamina, I can't hang with them. But I know that I can stall in certain positions, which is the beauty of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You can stall your opponent out. You can stall, you can, if you have a good guard, a good half guard, you can clamp down on someone and hold them there for two minutes and burn them out, you know? In any other sport, say it be a boxer, MMA, you can only hang on for so long, then you're going to start eating punches. You're going to start eating elbows. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is the one sport where you can, as an older person, you can stall the other. I know it sounds boring, but you can mm-hmm. stall the other person out and take it to your pace, which is why mm-hmm. I think you can do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu up until the day you die, I believe. Yeah, some people have said that, like, that's the one discipline where you could just keep you all the way until, like, your 70s or whenever, right? You can be able to do it. But some people are like... Yeah, I keep getting injured, or a lot of people are nagging about injuries because of training BJJ. Uh, why is that? Is there something you think they're doing wrong, or is it just nature of the beast? Or well, it's the nature of the beast, and I believe injuries are very close tied with our ego. Ego and, and injuries are very close tied. I know that if I hurt my elbow, I'm going to tap a lot that week. I know if, I, if my back starts hurting, I'm going to tap a lot that week. And a lot of people, especially guys who've been training for a lot of years, they don't want to be seen tapping. And especially tapping to lower belt, it's just, it's an ego thing. And we could say, you know, leave your ego at the door, but that's not true. You can leave your ego at the door, 
but there's still we still have this ego in us. We don't want to lose to someone who is a lower belt or someone who just started. But if my back hurts, if I can't use that arm and I'm just rolling with one arm, I'm gonna get tapped. I might have to tap to pressure. He might not be putting me in a submission, but just his pressure or his relentless attacks on me, I might have to tap. And that's the problem. When people are injured, they're like, I don't want to get injured more. It's not you don't want to get injured more. You don't want to find a way to train around your injuries. You don't want to be seen tapping. So I believe now there are some legit injuries. Like if you have broken ribs, you should be rolling. If you're just had a major surgery, you should be rolling. But there's some injuries you can work around. It's just our ego gets in the way and they're like, well, if I push it too hard, I'm going to get hurt. Yes, but don't push it too hard and just tap and start again. And that, I think that's the problem. It's ego is the problem. Okay. So it's pretty much people just can't live with the shame of tapping to someone. That's what that... it is. And people don't want to admit it. People come up with a million excuses. Why well, I got to feed my family. I have a job. I have this. I have that. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. If there are days I have, we'd probably need another hour podcast so I can go over my injuries. But there's okay. days where I know it's not going to work today. That left leg, it's bad today. That back is that arm. Both my triceps are blown out. My elbows are shot. I just know that certain days, it's going to be me tapping. But I still go out there to see how long can I hang? How long can my body take? Because just think about it. If I get in a real-life altercation, it's whatever injuries I have, I have to fight with those. I cannot tell an attacker on the street, hey, hold up, buddy. I didn't train this week because my bad back. I can't tell someone, hey, you know what? You can't attack my family right now because guess what? I had to work 20 hours this week extra. I had no time to train. So... Go on to the next family, attack them. It doesn't work like that. You have to get used to what you have right now. So if mm -hmm. these are the injuries you have right now, you got to find a way to train around those injuries. Mm -hmm. But doesn't like flow rolling help a lot? Like I know, like I, I put like a bunch of stuff on my page about flow rolling. Like, or like, do you agree with that? Like, maybe that could help a bit. Oh, you know, I, I believe flow like rolling that. leads to more intense rolling. I believe mm -hmm. that's the gateway. It's like a gateway drug. Flow rolling will lead to harder rolling. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. you'll flow roll for, for so long and eventually you're like, okay, let, let's turn it up a little bit. Let's turn it up. But I believe yeah. flow rolling is the is is what you need to get into those other scenarios. So flow rolling mm -hmm. is very important. I agree. Mm -hmm. Okay. So pretty much the problem is people don't want to tap. So I guess what you can suggest is just simply tap. <laughs> pretty much. It, it's so yeah. it's, 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 it's just tap. It's just tap. Mm -hmm. It's it's such a hard thing, and and I know it kills people, especially guys have been training for a long time. I've I've no brown belts that have quit. I know black belts that have quit, and it all stems down to that. They're mm -hmm. like, man, I'm a black belt now. You know, I can't keep up the same pace as somebody walks in and wants to roll. I don't have it in me anymore. And I'm like, you can't think like that. Mm -hmm. Which is why I enjoy training. I, I enjoy going to the open mats. I enjoy training with people I've never trained before, just because I like testing myself now as a 45 year old black belt with all these injuries. What can I do? What can I do? And it, it's a test. And honestly, God, if you don't test yourself with injuries, when the time comes and you have to actually do something, you're in a world of hurt, my friend. Yeah, I think you made a good point there. Because, like, let's say, like, it's time to throw down. You have nowhere else. You have no other options to go. Like, I think you kind of got no choice. Yeah. What, what, did you really want to save your face in front of that 20-year-old that was roughing you up in the gym and not tap to him? Or now that you have a real-life scenario and you have to defend yourself you have to defend your family you have to defend your property now what are you gonna do i'll tap mm -hmm. to a million white belts if it gets me ready for that one street self scenario personally yeah you think like after like years and years of training people like you know seasoned people would kind of get like hey you know if i tap it doesn't mean anything like sometimes. for jiu-jitsu yeah. man jiu-jitsu's got this <laughs> we got this ego in jiu-jitsu we love talking about how there's no ego in jiu-jitsu there's a huge ego in jiu-jitsu. And I tell people all the time, you got to develop it. You have to develop a competitive ego. There's that douchebag ego you got to get rid of. And there's a competitive ego. Where somebody gets you, find a way to get them back. Not if somebody gets you, I'm not going to train again. He's an asshole. I'm going to go to another gym and train. It's that competitive ego. And a lot of people develop it through competition. Some people develop it through open mat. Some people develop it through just training a lot more. It's just, it's a competitive ego that people haven't developed. Because a lot of people, when they first start training, what do they say? He didn't tap me yet. That guy couldn't tap me yet. And, and that's that bad mentality. If you're just worrying about people tapping you, you'll never succeed, especially in this in this martial art. So it's that competitive ego where that dude just got me that. Let me find a way where he doesn't at least get me again. It's that competitive ego you start building on. And that's how you get past, like, training with injuries, training with injuries and stuff like that. But isn't it that mindset, too, that helps where, like, hey, the guy's on, my, on the mat. Like, these guys aren't my enemies. These guys aren't, like, you know, these guys are my friends. So shouldn't the mentality be like, hey, 
I'd rather tap to this guy here during training while we're on the mat, while we're in the same gym, than if some guy, some meth addict on the street, you know, were to be on top of me. I would rather have my training partner, you know, put me in the scenario where I have to struggle so that, I mean, I mean, the guys on the street, like, they're not going to care, right? Like, plus they're on drugs or, or whatever or, or stuff like that. Like, should people have that mentality, you think? Exactly. I tell people all the time, would you rather be put to sleep on a mat in a trained area around your friends? Would you rather be put to sleep in front of people you don't know that could hit you afterwards, rob you? It's that kind of thing. So you test your limits in the gym. How far can I take this choke? How far can I take this arm bar? How far can I hold him in guard where I'm going to start eating punches? And, mm -hmm. and just like you said, you'd rather do that in a gym setting. But for some reason, I don't know if it's our basic human savagery or even in the gym setting, sometimes our ego gets the best of us and we still don't want to be seen tapping. It's this, it's this, little, it's this little ego. And we all have an ego in us. We can say we don't. We can, we can say we, it's, but we all have that little, and nobody wants to tap. And that's where you lose a lot of people. That's why I believe most people quit jujitsu. Is because of that. That's why people quit a blue belt because they put that higher, that higher. They feel like, oh, now I gotta be some. They feel that when they get a blue belt, they're all of a sudden they're like at a black belt level. And they gotta compete at a certain level. That's why a lot of people at blue belt quit. It's this ego we have in us, and I don't know if it's um, passed down through our, through our through our genetics. It's just this ego we have that we don't like to lose, even amongst our friends. Something deep down inside, we don't like to lose. And very few people, probably like you and me, we've gone past that point. And it's just. It's just this is the martial arts. It's for it's very it's for very few people, unfortunately, as the years progress. Mm -hmm. So you don't believe in that jujitsu is for everyone. I'm, I I I kind of disagree with that. Also, I, I think only a few set people can really hang with this sort of thing. Um, but do you think it's because like people kind of care what other people think at the gym? A hundred percent. Like like you don't want to be known as the, you know, like. That guy sucks. That's the problem. People are like, if I get seen tapping, what is that guy that has no effect on my life? I see him no later day in the rest of the day of my life. What's he gonna think about that one hour? Huh? What Mike got tapped to that guy he just started, huh? You know, it's it's I'm telling you, it's it's all it's all right here. It's it's all right here. It's our fucked up egos that mess with us, and that's why people don't make it in this sport. Like, no, jujitsu is for everyone. Mm -hmm. But after a while, it starts thinning out. It's for it's for very few people after a while. And you see, look at all the people who've been doing jujitsu. You you just see it. It's just it's the same people year after year, like me talking about the same shit over and over again. You talk, it's it's just it's a very thin crowd. It's just people love jujitsu at the beginning. Everyone's gun home about jujitsu. I would never forget the sport. It's changed my life. A year later, they don't even want to have anything to do with the sport. All you know is that they have a jujitsu tattoo on them. That's it. <laughs> It's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu definitely that this martial arts affects you right away. It's just that it's very easy to fall out of love with it because it's such a demanding. It demands so much from you. It's not something you can take a month off of. You gotta you gotta stay at it. You gotta stick with it. You can if you think you're gonna take a couple off, a, a, a couple months off from jujitsu, you're in the wrong sport. Mm -hmm. The wrong martial art. So, what advice can you give to someone that wants to keep going all the way to like, whenever, like, like old age? Like, I mean, what advice can you give them? Pretty much, it, it's, like, it's that ego. It's back to that ego. You have to be mm -hmm. willing. You have to understand that the first couple of years of jujitsu is going to suck. You're going to lose a lot. You're going to get frustrated. Just when you think you're getting good, some guy's going to walk in and make you regret everything. Just when you think you've learned something, you're going to screw it up. And you just got to be willing to understand that you get embraced to suck. It's mm -hmm. going to suck the first couple of years. But the good thing is that once you get past that point, you start seeing this light at the end of the tunnel. And it starts sucking a little bit less and everything starts making a little bit more sense to you. I tell people, it's like a puzzle with a million pieces. If you go home and you try to put the puzzle together in one night, you're going to get frustrated, you're going to quit. But if you put one piece together once a month, one arm bar, one guard pass, uh, one situation or roll. And every month you add to it, after a couple of years, you start seeing the puzzle develop. And then you start seeing the beautiful picture that it is. But it takes a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it's, you can't buy your way into it. You can't bullshit your way into it. You can't. There's nothing you can do at it. You just have to stick with it. And you have to be willing to realize it's going to suck. You're going to get injured. You're going to get tired. You're going to get frustrated. There's going to be days where you're like, I refuse to go to the gym. You, you, those are the days you have to go train. The days when you're having the worst experiences in your life, I don't care what's happening, is the days you have to go train. Those are the days 
They're going to break him and they're going to make you also. Mm -hmm. So with regards to with that, like pretty much like if it's going to, you should already have it in your head. That's going to suck already. Um, I mean, in terms of learning, like in terms of learning, you mentioned it's like a puzzle piece by piece. So an arm bar here, like, you know, like guard pass here or or whatever. Um, It seems like we're bombarded with so many techniques. Yeah. Especially, too especially many, too many techniques. Yeah. too many techniques out there. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think like we should just chill out and just focus on like one thing? Like, you should really dissect your game and just focus on that piece by piece. I agree. I, I, I yeah. tell everyone that you have to find something you like in your mm-hmm. game. If you're good at leg locks, guess what? Who cares what people say? Focus on leg locks. If you're good at arm bars, if you're good at wrestling and holding someone down and smothering them for five minutes. Focus on your wrestling. If you like tossing people, focus on your judo and make those a centerpiece of your art. Whatever it is. If you like pulling guard, then become a great guard puller and have a great open guard, great spider guard. It's stuff like that. You like being on top and smashing, then focus on that. But everyone needs one little thing that they have to focus on. Like I think if you try to do everything at once, it's it's not gonna work out well for you. You're, I don't think you're gonna last. But if you find there's always anyone that's been training for a few years, you always there's like that guy's got a great half guard. That guy's got great triangles. That guy's got great pressure. That guy has, you can't pass his guard for shit. So everyone has something they focus on. I think if you find something in your game and you're like, okay, I'm going to work on this and this, but every week I'm going to work on my spider guard because I really like that. Three, four years from now, your spider guard, no one's passing it. You're sweeping people from there. You're catching people from there. So anything is, you like leg locks? Make sure every week you do that one leg lock entry, you know you're going to hit on everyone and just finesse it. Make it like a diamond. So how do you how do you suggest that people like work? Let's say for example, like like I like half guard, like uh, whether it's on top or it's on bottom, and I want to like build off of that. Um, aside from like rolling, like should I pretty much do drilling as well, like a lot, like after class, before class, or maybe at home or something, like visualize type deal. Well, definitely yeah. visualize and also start your rolls in that position. Mm-hmm. Don't even get to that. Like, don't write for and to get to start from that position and tell your partner, I need you to move in this position. If he's, if you're in half guard, if you're on bottom half guard and the other guy is starting to knee slide through, have him start with a half knee slide in and then work on recovering your half guard. You can do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And also study, study film of live competition of other people that do the moves at you and see how they do it. I believe mm-hmm. competition study. That's why I believe competition is one of the best things to up your game. Because you have to try it in live time with the other person trying to defend it. And you have to deal with that adrenaline rush of doing it in competition, doing it live. I believe I believe competition, jiu-jitsu, is one of the best things you can do. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to go out and do the world, but even local competitions is one of the best ways to hone your game. But definitely, I love studying tape. I love studying competition tape. Like, if I'm struggling with a move, I don't want to see – I want to see how someone did it live, how they countered the scenario, how they did it live. Mm-hmm. What about, like, someone, like – doesn't have like a partner outside the gym pretty much like should they while they're studying tape should they like have like like a like a, like a little mat on their living room and kind of just like you know, you know go and, through the motions and stuff grappling dummy, dummy. everybody wants a mat but i mm-hmm. feel like that gets boring after a week mm-hmm. you need another human being it's uh and i tell people all the time if you have social media if you have this device right now there's no reason you can't find a training partner every day i tell people all the time people are like i can't find anyone train i tell people Go on your social media and make a post and say, hey, does anybody want to try Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with me? And you'll be shocked how many people will respond. Even mm-hmm. people don't know what to do. You can find people and show them the basics, and you can find training partners that way. So if you have this device we're on right now, there's no reason you can't find someone to train. There's people training all over the world right now. It's not the old days. You can you make a post right now. Does anybody want to train? You can train in the garage. You can train on the grass. You can train in a local gym. You can go to the YMCA, pay 10 bucks and go to one of those aerobic rooms and train. There's always a place to find another human being trained. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with having mats at home, but you need, you need this is the one art, you need another human being. You definitely, mm-hmm. dumb, grappling dummies aren't bad, but after a while, it's gonna get a little bit boring, I promise you. Uh, okay, yeah, no excuse to find a partner. Yeah, it's whatsoever. very it's Whatsoever. Very, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just looking through the chats here and stuff, like some people are typing some stuff. One guy I noticed asked like, do belts matter? Like, what's your thought on that? I, I, I actually believe belts do matter. And, and a lot of people disagree with that, and I'll tell you why. If I've been training three, four years, as human beings, we want to show something for our If you work at a job, don't you want a paycheck at the end of the week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. 
if you go to school and you study, don't you want your degree at the end of the at the end of the year or whatever it is, right? Yeah. It's the same thing through martial arts. It's just it's a form of grading. Now I'm not saying because you have a belt it doesn't make you above someone else. It doesn't. It just shows your level. It, it's 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 a personal thing of time I put in. My black belt, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I busted my ass to get that black belt. I've had I've done challenge matches. I've done absolute matches against guys 300 pounds. I've done tournaments. I've done I mean, I've done stuff where I believe I've earned that belt. So, but when I talk about my belt, I talk about what I did to get it. When someone who earned a black belt in four years in karate, I let them talk about their experience and I throw and I throw my experience in and you see the difference. So yes, belts matter, but not all belts are equal. Okay. What do you what do you mean by that? That not all belts are equal. Well, I don't think my black belt that took me twenty some years to get is equal with someone that's eleven years old that got their black belt at Taekwondo. Sorry, guys. In this portion of the interview, uh, it got cut off because Mr. JJ's phone overheated. So um, here's where we left off on the second part of the interview, where we re-logged in. <laughs> so my phone overheated. Uh huh. And I got the air conditioner running now. Oh my god! So I've, I've, I've never—it's a new iPhone. I'm shocked that it would overheat, but I guess it—it uh, it started overheating as uh, the podcast was too fire. That's what it is. <laughs> that was See, too when you got that fire podcast. That's what happens. Your uh, <laughs> can't take it. Can't take the heat. Um, where were we again? Your belts don't matter. Belts don't matter, and I was explaining why they do matter. Right. Okay, and then you're saying that not all belts are equal. Like your black belt is different from. Well, well yeah. So when I got my purple belt, I remember one year when I was a purple belt, I competed 16 times in one year. Mm -hmm. And at that same time, I did about eight different absolute divisions. I remember one absolute division I did was like a, it was in West Virginia. It was for my buddy, uh, Cody Tuttle. Uh, mm -hmm. It had like 30 people in the absolute division. Okay. And I lost at the finals, but I remember I had to go against like five guys in the absolute, and some of the guys were like, 250 pounds, 300 pounds, monsters. Mm. And I, and at the time, I was maybe 38. Still not a young guy. So when someone tells me about their purple belt, I said, well, my purple belt and your purple belt are a little bit different. You got your purple belt in four or five years. Uh, you never left your gym. You never did any, You never competed. Uh, you never did any competition. So I believe our purple belts are different. Mm. Now, I still respect your belt, but they're still different. So yeah. I, it comes down to the, the individual's belt. What did he get mm -hmm. to earn it? So there's some black belts have never left their gym, not even once. They never rolled with no one outside their gym. Mm -hmm. His black belt and my black belt are different. My black belt and, say, Buchecha's black belt are different. Mm -hmm. My black belt is the same level as Buchecha. I shouldn't consider me the same BJJ practitioner as him. See what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's levels to it. Just like there's levels to this game, there's levels to the belts. So belts do mm -hmm. matter. It's just how did you get your belt? Uh, I see. I see. And some people disagree with that, and that's fine. It's just it's how I look at it, you know. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I I actually agree with that. Like, there's there's there, you know, like there's there's purple belts, and then there's purple belts, right? Like, I mean, there's there's practitioners, right? That like you know, like me, like you know, aren't good <laughs> compared to like these other guys that like compete, you know, four times a month, like five times a month, right? It's just different. Or, or even let's say a lower belt, right? That competes like ridiculous amount of times compared to the higher upper belt guy that comes, you know, like twice a week, you no, know, once a week, you know. And I think it also boils down to like what are the person's goals are, right? And, and stuff like that. Like, if someone wants to be a competitor, or another person just like I, I just want to learn this so to be competent, pretty much. Um, Let's talk about self-defense because a lot of your posts have stuff to do with self-defense. Um, why is it, I don't know, it, it's, it's kind of weird after like it's 2019, like we've seen a lot already online. Like why, why do people still have like a hard grasp that grappling is effective for self-defense? Because some people just say like, they're just not having it pretty much. It's because they've never trained. It's mm -hmm. They've never trained. They've never actually felt, I tell people, Find someone the same size as you and have them hold you on the ground for 30 seconds. If you get out in 30 seconds, good for you. But most of the chance you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle mm -hmm. to get someone off you. And and I always say about 7 out of 10 street fights end up in a grappling scenario. That doesn't mean you're going to end up on the ground. 
but they're going to mm -hmm. grab you. They're going to grab your hair. They're going to grab your shirt. They're going to tie up with you. So you have to know some form of grappling to be able to fight, to be able to fend someone off or nullify someone or to either go on the offensive or the defensive. you got to know some sort of grappling. And I always point to street fight scenarios or videos. I'm like, take, go on YouTube and look at 10 random one-on-one -on -one street fights. And you'll see seven out of 10 end up in a grappling. They've got the guy's shirt. He'll get him in a bear hug. He'll tackle him when he's eating punches. He'll pull his hair. They'll fall on the ground. So you've got to know some form of grappling to be able to encounter a violent situation. It's just how it is. Now, there's a one scenario you're going to get sucker punch or you're going to get with a guy who's got really good hands and knock you out. So there, there, there's those. But most of the time, there's going to be some form of grappling. If you can't grapple, again, you're in a world of hurt again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that's... Um... I think, like, if you're not able to grapple, like, if you look at those street fights, they, a lot of them end up, like, doing underhooks and stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> You'd be surprised. Like, they start pummeling. Especially if they eat a punch. Nobody wants to get punched. Or I, I tell people I believe grappling is in our DNA. Like, mm -hmm. we, we're monkeys. We want to grapple. We want to grab it. We're gorillas. So when we get punched, our instincts kick in. And instead of punching, we try to bear hug the other guy. We try to bully tackle them because we don't want to eat another punch. So something in our DNA says that. If I grapple, I'm going to take less damage. Mm -hmm. that, 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 that's, 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 that's in our genes. That if I, that if sooner I eat a punch, I'm going, to, I'm going to try and grab a hold of you to not eat any more punches. That's grappling. Mm -hmm. that, that's our caveman genes taking over, I believe. So. Plus, how, how often do you see it in boxing? Like, every time in boxing, how often does the ref have to, like, you know, split them up after the clinch, right? The whole time. The whole time. Yeah. It's the whole right. time. But, but a lot of people, it's just some people have never been in a fight. Some people believe fighting through folklore, movies, and they just they just haven't had a taste, you know. Mm -hmm. Some people they just they live their life off the couch. They live their life behind a keyboard. They live their life behind a monitor, and it's just you know. And most of the people that don't agree with what I'm saying are just people trolling. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's usually just trolls. So yeah. or someone has an agenda. Someone's trying to hide. Who wants to push their art? And doesn't believe it, doesn't want to, you know, cross share with another art. It's usually something like that. So, yeah. But sometimes I hear stuff like, that's why I don't watch like fights at the gym anymore. Cause I, I, I just hear like a ton of trash. Like, like all they do was hug. Yeah. All they do was lie on top of each other. And then like something I'm like, oh, like enjoy. These are just fans that want to see a knockout. These are just, these are just your typical, you know, you know, and I can't really hate on them either. Cause mm -hmm. every sport needs fans. I know I have a friend of mine that loves jujitsu. He mm -hmm. trained maybe 10 years ago. He mm -hmm. buys a different jujitsu shirt every month. Everyone at work is scared of this guy. Because they're like, don't mess with, I won't say his name, don't mess with Bob. I'll, I'll call him Bob right now. Because he's got jujitsu okay. shirts on every week. So believe it or not, a jujitsu shirt is a good deterrent. Believe it or not. You get people to oh, really? But you need fans in all sports. You need your MMA mm -hmm. fans. You need your jujitsu fans. You need your buddy that comes over once a year to watch ADCC with you. So and it's And those run-of-the-mill fans, they'll say shit like, why doesn't he slam him? Why does he just get up? You know, it just, you can't get around them. The best thing to do with those people is uh, make memes and make fun of them. <laughs> I guess that's the best thing to do. Yeah, it is. Much. So as a parent, right, I know there's a lot of parents out there, like they get their kids into jiu-jitsu and stuff like that, or maybe they want to get in shape, or maybe one day, one day they might have to, might have to throw down. Um, you, you rec I'm, get I'm, I'm, Probably 100% sure you're going to say you recommend that they train pretty much jujitsu, but is there something else they should they should learn how to strike too, right? Okay, I, honest God, the, the number one martial arts before Brazilian jiu-jitsu is mixed martial arts. Mm -hmm. It's there's no better martial art out there than mixed martial arts. You cannot there's after mixed martial arts, then you have your Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You have then, but there's also I have a lot of my friends that do. A lot of people think I don't like karate. I do like karate. I do like Krav Maga. As long as they're mixing grappling arts into it. I have a lot of my friends that teach karate that mix grappling into it. I have a lot of people that do Krav Maga that mix grappling. As long as your art has grappling mixed into it with the striking, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. But you need to know a little bit. You need to know a little bit of striking, how to check kicks. You know, this, you know, when you have a punch, how to parry. All that stuff is all important. So I believe mixed martial art is the number one art. But a lot of people don't want to go to work the next day with black and blue marks. Mm -hmm. So I, I say Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a great alternative. It's a time-proven martial art that will defend you against the average attacker. Mm -hmm. so, but no, but before Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mixed martial arts is the number one art to survive a one-on-one -on -one encounter, I believe.
Yeah, and all then, one. Then you have your weapon training. You have your guns, your knives. If you want to get into that, you know. I also, I, I'm, a, I'm a high advocate. I believe guns are definitely. I'm not a big fan of guns, but I believe guns are necessary. If you have a family, you should have a gun. Mm-hmm. I believe it's, it's in the day and world we live in. It's, it's, it makes, it makes zero sense not to have a gun. Yeah, but I'm not like, uh, like I'm not a big gun fanatic. Like yeah. I, own, yeah, I, own, I own firearms too. But I, I, you never know nowadays. Like there's yeah. like drug addicts everywhere. Like recently, like I'm not gonna mention names, but like there's, there's been like a, there was like a break in, like at someone's house here in, like, in Winnipeg, and like it was, it was a drug addict, and he pretty much murdered like the kid, like inside yeah, his house. It's insane. Like, it's, insane. It's, it's insane. If you have a family. If you have loved ones and you don't have your concealed carry, you know, it's, I think you're doing the service to your family, to the people you love, not being able to protect them. Because yes, we want to be able to use our hands and our brain, but sometimes you have to go to, to the gun, unfortunately. And that's part of life. And I mean, you see people go to the malls and start shooting. They go to schools and start shooting. They walk into churches and start shooting. You don't know where it's going to pop off at. So yeah. why not be ready, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be ready at all costs. Like we shouldn't have that, that, Shouldn't have that opening, that vulnerability. No. And hopefully you never, I I hope in my life, I never have to use my gun. I hope I never in my life, I have to use my martial arts to defend my family. Mm -hmm. But those are all what ifs. You never know. Yeah, you never know when like the stuff you're training, your life might depend on it one day. Um, Do you think like, I know a lot of people get into sport, jujitsu and stuff, but do you think everyone that trains, regardless if they do it for sport or if they do it for like, your personal, you know, reasons and stuff like that. Do you think people should have in the back of their mind that, hey, maybe one day, you know, some guy's going to try something and I should be ready? I think everyone has, I think it's a natural, even like guys, like when I, when I first, in the middle of my jiu I was really into competition, but it's always been in the back of my head. You know, like, what if, what if? And I do some like ridiculous jiu-jitsu. I like doing a lot of worm guard, a lot of stuff I would never use in a street fight scenario, but it's still in the back of my head what if and that i think everyone deep down in their heads trains for the what ifs you know mm-hmm. yeah we want to get in shape we want to lose some weight we get camaraderie on the mats but it's always we're always training for that what if scenarios i believe because mm-hmm. some people like especially on, on on social media they're like saying like you know competition guys you know they just train for competition like what they do you know in a real fight like they probably get smashed and i, well, I, I tell those people i tell those people go against the guy who placed third blue belt at Worlds in a street fight, mm. and I guarantee you he mops the floor with you without throwing <laughs> one punch. He can pull guard on you. He's still going to beat your ass. Mm-hmm. Like, guys who train, like, seriously, competitors, you're only seeing a fraction of what they can do against someone that's good at jiu-jitsu. Imagine someone who's not trained. Imagine someone with zero cardio. Imagine someone's not used to having their face smushed on the mat. Imagine mm-hmm. having that blue belt on top of you. Yeah, it'd be a nightmare. Good luck right. picking him up and slamming. Good luck throw, raining punches down on him. He might land one punch, but that second punch, he's probably going to arm drag you, take her back, and choke you out mm-hmm. without even having to throw a punch at you. I, I, I don't think people realize, like, those competitor guys are good at taking people's backs and putting people in compromising positions. Like, in competition, they're specialists. Yeah. Like, in competition, they're not allowed to strike. Imagine if they can like the so guy you, you're gonna you're like a specialist now and think you're gonna land your punch you've been sitting on the couch eating cheetos all your life and now you're gonna land a fucking punch against a guy that gets up four in the morning and lifts and goes does jujitsu trains three times a day you're gonna land your lucky punch because you punched some guy in high school and you think you're a tough guy good luck buddy go go against that blue belt go get go get a, a 17 year old 16 year old has been training all his life go get a high school wrestler that's been wrestling all his life you're in a world of hurt so, so I tell those people, go try it. I'll give you a, a fresh blue belt. I'll give you a guy who just got it. I'll give you a four-stripe white belt that's busting his ass in the gym. Go, go ahead and try to land, land your lucky punch. See if you can. You might land one punch. It'll be your last one. You'll be sleeping. Yeah. You see what I mean? Like that, <laughs> I, I don't know where like those mentalities come from. Like I, cause I'm on social media. I have to engage with followers and stuff. And then sometimes I read comments and I'm like, don't read wow. the comments. Don't read the comments. I don't read the comments. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I make a post and I and I, I let the bomb explode. I come back and check it the next day. I just check my direct messages. I don't look at the comments. I don't. Yeah. I, so, I, if somebody's gonna say something positive, I have no comment. But if it's something negative, 
I don't yeah. know the time of day. I don't I don't care what they say about me. They can call me an asshole. They can say mm -hmm. I don't even care anymore. Mm -hmm. So I just I, I try to embrace the people who are being positive with me, especially on social media. If you're trying to be positive with me, I'm all about you. We can disagree. You know, yeah. we should disagree on stuff. People disagree with me all the time. But as long as you're coming at it with you want to debate about it, that's fine. But if you just want to call me names, Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> try to keep this a family show, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I try not to swear. I'm sorry. It's yeah. sometimes. I usually tell people like, "Hey, can you like kind of not swear?" Yeah, like, I should. I'm it's, sorry, a, it's a family show. But I, I kid you not, when some people are just on and they're just on fire, you I, can't I, help I, it, right? I don't have like an agenda. So, like, even when I make my posts, I don't have an agenda. I've never told anyone. You should like my videos. You should reshare. I've never even asked anyone to even like my page or reshare my stuff. It's just mm -hmm. it's just me talking. So mm -hmm. sometimes I get a little. Afterwards, somebody might be like, "Hey, man, you you got a little too emotional. You know, you gotta you know watch mm -hmm. the language." And I feel bad sometimes. <laughs> I know a lot of young kids follow me, and, and I should set a better example. So I'm wrong sometimes. I admit that. You know, I, should, I gotta watch my I gotta watch the stuff <laughs> I say too. So I, I do I do I go off the hinges sometimes. So. Mm -hmm yeah like i can't control it i can't control people like sometimes like when especially when they're on fire i was just like hey that's some good stuff <laughs> no if you look if afterwards you look past i'll hear some stuff i said I'll, I'll post some stuff and i'll cringe afterwards i'm like man you know i probably just that probably was i probably could have went a little easier you know, just, <laughs> you know so. but I, I don't care about followers i don't care who i don't care mm -hmm. if you like me good I'm, i you vibe with me i love you you know if you don't vibe with me i still love you too you know just whatever you know just yeah you don't have to like me. You don't have to reshare my stuff. You don't have to follow me. It's just, I'm happy that people like my message that people, you know, mm -hmm. like what I'm doing. So I, you know, I try my best, you know, to stay positive for them. Well, you're keeping it real. Like, uh, I think you're addressing stuff that a lot of people don't want to address. Like, you know, especially with parents, it's like, Hey, you know, you can't act tough around your kid when your kid's getting bullied. If you don't train yourself, you know what I mean? Well, like, I think a lot of people want to say the stuff I'm saying, but a lot of people have schools. They have to back up. They have a product oh, yeah. to sell. I don't have a school. I have nothing mm -hmm. I'm trying to sell. I don't have DVDs. I don't have seminars. I do construction. I train, and I like talking about you know training and martial arts. And that's I don't have I don't have any I don't have an underlying agenda where you know I gotta sell these DVDs at the end of the week. I gotta make sure my school gets X amount of students to make my cut. I don't I don't yeah. have this pressure, so I kind of let my mouth flap a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> So you still do construction? You're still able to train? Like, yeah, like well, I I train all weird hours. Sometimes I'll train five in the morning. Sometimes I'll get to class the last twenty minutes and roll. I'll train in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to train my both my kids uh, do wrestling, uh, jujitsu. I got to train around them. They also play baseball. I got family obligations, so I find I train at all where I have probably the best jujitsu black book out there. I need someone to train. Mm -hmm. I send a message. I said, hey, can you come to my house? We've got to roll for 20 minutes. I'm driving by here. Can I stop by your house and roll? Uh, meet me at the gym in an hour. Let's get 30 minutes of hard rolling in. So that's that's how my training usually goes. So it's, uh, you know, it's just, I have to train, but I have to live too. So I find a way to balance them both. Okay. Yeah. And it's all about balance too. Because I think you have a tight schedule. One time you had that picture where you're pumping gas in a gi. <laughs> it is. It is. People think I'm joking. People think I'm doing that to get like likes and pay. It's I do because. If I come to the gym, I'm already half hour late. Mm -hmm. So if I got to go in the room, put my gi on and get up, I don't even stretch anymore. I get on the mat. I'm like, let's go. People are like, you want to stretch out? I'm like, no, no, no. I got 30 minutes. I got to go back home, help the kids with their homework, take garbage out. Uh, I got something going on. So it's like, let's, let's get to work right away. So it's, it's when I'm at the gym, uh, I'm not much for conversation. Afterwards, mm -hmm. times like this, I'll talk all you want. But if we're at the gym, I'm there to work. So. Mm -hmm. What tips can you give to people that are trying to balance um, life, family, and training? Because I have that issue. Like, I'm, I'm really sucky at, like, time management. So, I mean, what kind of advice can you give on that? Because you look, you're a busy guy, and you're maintaining yeah. a family. Well, you have to understand yeah. that eight-hour sleep days are over. Being comfortable is over. Doing stuff on your time is over. If you can only get five hours of sleep because you've got to go train for two hours, you need to drive an hour to get to the gym. Then you need to miss two hours of sleep. If you got to put the kids to bed and then go down to your basement and start lifting, those are the things you got to do. You know, there's always time to train if you're willing to find the time to train. Mm. A lot of people aren't willing to work all day at a factory, come home and start training. You know, a lot of people are like, well, I need an hour to relax. I got to watch my shows. Well, you're going to miss some TV shows. You're going to miss some time with friends. 
You might even miss some time with your own children. But I believe if you want to be a good parent, you have to train. Part of training is it. I'm not saying do martial arts, but you have to lift. You have to do CrossFit, yoga, whatever it is. You have to do some form of physical training where you sweat. I believe it it, it shows in the other parts of your life, especially with your family. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you got to find the time. Uh, you got to do your family obligations, but you're also obliged to your family to train also, I believe, to be healthy, to be fit, to live longer for them, to protect them. Yeah. I think that's a responsibility that some people overlook. Like they don't realize like that's actually part of being a good parent because I think you can agree. That's something you pass on down to your kids too, right? Like hundred percent. Mm-hmm. So, you, know. yeah, you got the children, you made them. No one put a gun to you to have children. But once you have children, you're obliged. It's your responsibility as a parent to be healthy, to protect those children, to protect your wife, to protect your husband, to protect your parents, whoever, the people that you love, it's your, it's your duty as a human being to protect the people around you. Mm-hmm. So why not be healthy? Why not be fit? Why not train? Why do you have to watch TV for an hour when you go train for an hour? Instead of going to bed at nine, go to bed at 10. Instead of mm-hmm. getting up at eight in the morning, get up at five. You know, it's just, it sucks a little bit at the beginning, but you get used to it. It's a routine, just like anything else. Yeah. Plus, like, it, like at the end of the day, you got to know your why. Like, it shouldn't matter to you. And it, it's kind of sucky when, like, like, you're the parent and your kid doesn't look up to you. Like, even there's, like, a lot of kids, they look up to, like, other people. They don't even look up to their own parents. Like, it's kind of sad. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to look up to my dad. Like, he's just, like, you know, he's fat. But it's, just... also, it's, it's also the cool factor for children. You know, it's mm-hmm. also the cool factor for children. And I think later on, as we grow up in life, we see how important our parents I lost my father at a young age. I lost my father when I was 14 years old, and I had that big gap of not having a father. So I, be- I believe I did stuff. I rebelled. And... I went and fought an MMA match after watching a UFC video. No training, I went and fought an MMA match. Yeah, but I had no guidance. I had no father around me to guide me, tell me, you know what, son? Maybe you should go train a little bit. You know, I did, I went and did a lot of challenge matches in the 90s. I didn't have any guidance. So now I use my experience and I tell younger people, you might not have a dad, but look at me, use me as an example. Let me be your internet dad. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you should go do some jujitsu matches before you had that first MMA fight. Maybe mm-hmm. before you do that first boxing match, go do a kickboxing smoker, see how it is. So I, I, I try to use my mistakes and I pass them on to other people. Go look, you might not have had a father, you might have had a shitty childhood, but here's some mistakes I made growing up. Use these so you don't make the same mistakes. So these are some of the things I do. And I, 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 even on my own two sons, I pass stuff on. I'm like, look, I didn't have a dad growing up. So I'm doing this stuff to show you guys, here's some stuff you could do. And here's some stuff that you shouldn't do. So I'm just trying to be a good example. That's all. Yeah. And I think some people need that too. Like, I mean, if they don't have a dad, there's a, a, like, there's a big plethora of people kind of like yourself that they can say like, Hey, you know, you know, that, that, that's one good path they should go to. Right. You know, and, and there's also the flip side. There's also a lot of bad influences out there. You know, there's yeah, a, lot yeah. of bad mm-hmm. stuff. a lot of young kids, they don't know any better. They don't have dads. Mm-hmm. They don't have uncles looking out. They don't have mentors. And they mm-hmm. think that maybe that's cool. Maybe doing that's cool. Maybe gangbang is cool. Maybe doing that. Maybe this, you know, maybe stealing. So it's just, you know, mm-hmm. I think whatever we can do as older dads, martial artists, if we mm-hmm. can affect, I say if we can affect one person out of a, out of a thousand, you're doing something good in this life. Yeah. And it's worth it. Like what we did is worth it. Like, you know, like, let's say like there's like all these followers, like big following, all these likes for every post. But at least, at least there's just like one kid out there that like turns himself around and says, okay, I should like not do that. Yeah. It'll be all worth it. Um, I'm looking at the comments here. You're both bald. That's great. Okay. <laughs> all right. <Yeah>. Um, Thank <laughs> you. One person said, I don't know, like, I don't even know if there's a conversation anymore. One person said, like, talk about gi versus no gi. I don't know how, what he means by that, but. Uh, I, that's the most boring subject in jiu-jitsu. It's the most <laughs> but you know what? If you're looking for street self-defense, you should train in the gi. If you're going to fight MMA, uh, no gi. It's pretty simple. Mm. But yeah. why wouldn't you use a gi for street self-defense? Unless People you're fighting in a nudist colony where no one's wearing <laughs> a gi. It's, you know, it makes sense to use a gi for street self-defense. If you're getting ready to do a no gi competition, why would you train the gi? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. If you have an MMA fight coming on, why would you train the gi? It makes no sense. But for street applicable, for self-defense, you should definitely train in the gi. So I enjoy doing both equally, so I don't have a problem mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you'd be surprised. Some people don't realize like those collar chokes work with like jackets and stuff like that. Very easily, you know. And yeah. some people just don't like they don't like the grips, and absolutely that's fine. Then do dokey, you know. Do, as long you're grappling, you know. If if you can grapple against someone who doesn't know how to grapple, you still you're gonna do pretty good. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And plus, you got like palm strikes. You got like all those strikes that yeah, you can do yeah. once you're in a dominant position. No, no, just the gi just gives you that added advantage with the grips. That's all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Do you think for street self defense, like um, a lot of people should train like l like really concentrate on chokes and stuff like that? Because like if you look nowadays, everyone's strong. Like everybody lifts like ridiculous amount of weight and. Like everyone like works out. You think like the what's your take on like chokes versus joint manipulation and? Well, choke is king of all. Because once you choke someone, doesn't matter how much they can bench, how much they can deadlift, how hard they can punch, they're going to sleep. Mm -hmm. But I know there's that video that came out a couple of years ago. Those guys at the basketball court where you went for that leg lock on that guy. You know. Oh yeah, I saw, I saw that. That's pretty awful. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but I mean that would have been the end of that guy's leg. So mm -hmm. if you put somebody in 50-50 and you, and you trap their leg, you know, mm -hmm. Ashigarami, however you trap their leg, however you enter into it, you know, 80-20, if you can trap someone's leg and isolate their leg, mm -hmm. they really can't land good punches on you. They really can't kick you from there. And unless they're a trained mixed martial artist, you're going to snap their leg. So yeah. chokes are good, but joint manipulation also comes into play, you know, because mm -hmm. you're doing these moves against people who aren't trained to fight out of them. Mm -hmm. They're going to make a deeper mistake and they'll, you know, you'll be able to catch them in it. So I believe chokes are first, but if you're good with leg locks, if you got some guy that's three times your size and you got a full guard, you know, and you can, you know, you can, you can get a 50, 50 on them and wrap their leg and kick them back. Mm -hmm. Why not break their leg? Yeah. So True. And like wrist locks too, and stuff like that. Right. Like some people oh, like, look at this. All, yeah. wrist locks are all over the place. You know, they're just, mm -hmm. you know, people are always posting with their palms grabbing, you know, they don't, they don't mm -hmm. understand that they're extending their arm too much. And you're going to lock up a wrist lock on them. So they're just, Mm -hmm. you know, it all comes into play. It's all part of it, you know. You think for training, like for self defense, like my 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 coach, like he's like he's worried that like he's not worried, but one of his concerns is you have a lot of people that are training like BJJ and stuff, but his his nightmare is one of his trained guys ever goes out on the street and just forgets what he's doing and just gets manhandled. Do you think for like sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, like we should train in situational drills where someone's punching us while we're trying to do our our grappling, so to speak. Kind of like, you know, like someone's throwing punches from top, we're on the guard, we're playing guard type deal. Do you, do you agree with that sort of stuff? I, I agree with that. I agree with it. But then again, if somebody doesn't want to do that, it's still not going to knock them. Because you have to understand, if you get in a street altercation, you're not going to go against Brock Lesnar. You're not going to mm -hmm. go against, you know... John Bone Jones. You're not going against Jordan St. Pierre. When you go against mm -hmm. someone in a street fight, they're usually someone who's going to be out of shape in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. So it's not the end of the world if you're not striking a punch. It's good because a lot of people, when they get punched, they what's that saying? You get punched and you, from a black belt, you become a, a purple belt. You, become yeah. a white belt. <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing when you get punched how everything changes, you know. But think about it. If you go to a bar and get in a fight, you kind of deserve to get your ass kicked. If you're with your family and someone attacks you, the chances they're going to be a high-level fighter, it's not. It's going to be some drugged-up crazy person. It's not going to be some high-level athlete. So mm -hmm. if you're not training with punches, not the end of the world. Yes, you should train at least once a month with strikes. But if you don't, it's still not the end of the world, I believe. Mm -hmm. And a lot, a lot of people disagree with that. But, mm -hmm. you know, I just, you're not going against, we have this notion that when we get in a street fight, we're fighting Hicks and Gracie, and we're not. <laughs> we're fighting a guy that, that's down on his luck, that's depressed, that's at his last wit's end, has been sleeping on the streets, hasn't been training. You know, that's not the person who you're fighting. Mm -hmm. Now, you go to a college bar, you might fight with some high-level football player, but you're mm -hmm. asking for that. You're putting yourself in those situations. So. Yeah. Plus, usually people that train are competent enough to know that they should avoid those situations as much as possible. Right? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're getting in fights and you're over the age of 18... There's something wrong. <laughs> maybe you deserve to... to you know, his friend's coming over and sucker punching while you're rolling on the ground then. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you deserve that. You know, if you're in the middle of a, if you're on spring break and you're on the beach trying to leg lock some guy and his buddy comes over and kicks you in the face, well, maybe you had it coming. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't be there. So. Because mm -hmm. I think the more people train, I think the more 
like the more people are experienced when it comes to martial arts, I think they realize like like crap. Like I really don't want to get into a fight because then you have you have like this understanding. Like dude, like anything can happen. I don't want to get in a fight. I, I try my best to avoid a fight. I, just, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to get in fights. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to get in any fights unless I have, <laughs> unless someone's coming after my children, my mm-hmm. family, people I love, people, friends around me. I don't. I don't. I. 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 I rarely put myself in a position where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, I can. This is dangerous. You know, I. I just. I just avoid it. I just. You know, situational awareness. Yeah, like especially when you're like driving into like a dodgy place or like walking into a place that's like. It seems kind of sketchy. Like maybe I should take the longer route. You know what I mean? If I'm at a right? if I'm at a stoplight and I'm at the corner, the guy's selling crack and something's going on there, and this is, you know, I, what am I doing there? Mm-hmm. What am I doing there? You know, it's just you know, yeah. Like you know, there's, there's ways to avoid it. There's ways to avoid uh, confrontations mm-hmm. if you're if you if you're using your head. So it's situational yeah. awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such that's such a big deal. That's like a, I think that's overlooked too. With like everyone wants to train like self defense, but situational awareness is such a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, and, um, and not only that, it's just, it's just. I mean, one fight, it's it's more than the fight. It's mm-hmm. What's gonna happen after that fight? What happened? Did you hit someone? Did they get cut? Did uh, you know, you know, what if you do serious damage to someone in a fight? Yeah. You know, then 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 the then the legalities kick in. Then you have all yeah. that shit. You know, there's just so much. It's it's not worth it. it. It's not worth it unless unless imminent danger. You're about to die. Your family's about to get hurt. Walk away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Run Make a away. long post and vent on social media about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one guy typed in here. Lawyers are expensive. <laughs> lawyers are expensive. There, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's just not the lawyers. It's, it's all the stuff after. You're gonna have a record. Yeah. You might be in the paper. Mm-hmm. What if you have a school? What if you have Mars? What if you have a business? What yeah, if you have children that are in school and they're like, "Hey, just see what's his name's dad's in the newspaper for fighting some guy at the street." It's embarrassing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's there's a lot more than just fighting. It just goes a lot deeper than that. You know? Yeah, or you can lose your job. Like, uh, like I. Right, I own a business where we do like financial planning. If I ever get a record, they pretty much pull my license, and I, I'm. I'm, so it's, it's just, <laughs> right? you know, I'm 45 years old. Do you really? I mean, can you imagine 45? I'm in the paper, the local paper, for getting in a fight because I <laughs> choked some 18 year old out that talked shit to me. I'm just thinking about it. Yeah. Just, you know. So yeah. It's, it's just. It's pretty silly. Yeah, it's pretty silly. Yeah. So, so Mr. JJ, what are you up to now nowadays? Pretty much just you know. Family training, life. Family training. My son's got baseball today. I'm gonna go train later, and that's it. It's just my life is extremely boring. I have one of the most. People think I have an exciting life. I don't. I have a boring <laughs> life. People think I make all this money from jujitsu. I make zero money from jujitsu. I just like training. I like doing. I like talking. Like meeting people like you and talking about jujitsu. I like talking. Sometimes I like problem solving for other people when they're struggling with their diet, with jujitsu, with life in general. You know, whatever mm-hmm. stuff. I've gone through, I try to help people and that's it. It's, that's yeah. stuff I enjoy doing. I have, I don't plan on having some big seminar and putting DVDs out. Uh, a lot of people think I'm a motivational speaker. I'm not, I just, mm-hmm. I just like talking. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not, I just like talking. That's it. You know, <laughs> talking, enjoying other people's company and talking about martial arts and training. That's it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have any agenda. I don't have anything I'm looking to do. I'm not looking to take this to anywhere further. This is it. This mm-hmm. is it. I, this is all I enjoy. So pretty simple. Mm-hmm. That's pretty crazy. I always thought you had a school. I was like, this guy probably has a Everyone school. Everyone thinks I have a school. <laughs> Everyone's like, hey, man, can I get a private with you? I'm like, you want to come roll with me? I'll show you some stuff I don't really do. I don't teach. Uh-huh. I'm not a teacher. I don't. I just enjoy training. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a lifelong student. I mm-hmm. never, I, I, like uh, a lot of people call me professor. I hate being called professor. Okay, I, I should stop. That. I, <laughs> okay. I, I, I got D's and F's through high school. I dropped out of college three times. The last, There's some people that deserve that accolade of being professor. It's not me. It's mm-hmm. not me. I'm not a sense. I'm not a professor. I'm just a martial artist. I'm just fighting through this life, just like everyone else is. You know, I say, I tell people, call the other people uh, the professor. Don't call me professor. Just okay. All right. Yeah. I'm definitely we'll not a professor. Say that. Say that for someone else. <laughs> we'll stick with Mr. JJ. How's that? There you go. Let's stick with that. It's a lot easier. Sounds funnier. Too, so. Yeah. All right. Well. uh well, thank you for this. Thanks for the hangout. Uh, I'm probably gonna have to cut off soon, but like Thanks this has been fun. It. Yeah, at least now you know how to do Instagram Live. Now you yeah, can I just like. Learn. I just, I just learned. <laughs> right? Yeah.
the only problem is like sometimes trolls come in and like I, I did one with Rob from McDojo and like some trolls just followed up on our on our oh, hangout yeah. and just started talking a lot of crap. It was fun though. It was fun. I don't mind. I don't mind being uh, trolled. I enjoy it actually. Yeah, so. it's pretty amusing. <laughs> it gives me something to giggle at while I'm driving. So. Yeah. All righty. Well, Mr. JJ, thank you. And um, regards to you and your family, and, and we appreciate this. Uh, I'll put a, put this on the podcast and audio version. Okay. And uh, I'll probably, like, share it with you and stuff like that. And uh, right, thank thanks you. to everyone who um, watches this. I don't know who's going to watch this and stuff like that. But um, hopefully all you guys enjoy. So, yeah. All right. All right, Mr. JJ, take care. You got a busy schedule. All right, you too. Bye-bye.